1: I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. And if you are new to the show, I want to make sure that you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And that is spelled exactly how it sounds. C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. We have lots of things on the website. We also have all kinds of, uh, we've had the show on all all different kinds of podcast servers. And we also have study guides that go with the show if you want to do it just individually or if you want to do it as a group. So today we're going to really talk about this idea of self-esteem. And our culture is kind of fanatic about self-esteem. Unfortunately, we're not really teaching the way to have self-esteem. Instead, we're teaching people that the way to have self-esteem is simply to have the newest, greatest thing out that nobody else has or to be able to do something that nobody else can do or exploit a talent that you have or it has to do with your appearance or how smart you are. And that, that really is not where self-esteem comes from. You see, when you esteem something, what, what that really means is that you think very highly or favorably about that person or that thing or that event or that corporation. So you have a great amount of respect. And so when we think about respect and affection, that's part of esteem. And I want you to think about, do you, are you someone that others would esteem? Are you someone that you might esteem? So when we think about this, I I had the title as the most effective way to secure self-esteem. So what is the best way to have a healthy self-esteem? Well, we've talked some about this before in the past, but I want to kind of focus today on what really is self-esteem. Now, this is not fixed or rigid, and it changes depending on what you experience or how you're feeling. So it isn't necessarily a static issue, but it is something that we want to make a little more solid, or maybe I should say a lot more solid in our life. So most, you know, low self-esteem is caused by negative emotional reactions. And it's it's not easy to teach and reach adulthood with a sense of high self-worth just because of the many factors that come into play in this complex world. So Unfortunate childhood experiences, criticism by parents, teachers, peers, your environment, media, cultural backgrounds, you know, society in general can cause feelings of inferiority, which lead to low self-esteem. So if these feelings are reinforced by negative belief patterns, that's really talking about how you think about you, they become habit-forming and low self-esteem becomes the norm. So as you become an adult, you depend on others for a sense of importance. That's maybe one of our first problems. So negative feelings and thinking patterns can become powerful illusions of truth. And you know, if you've listened to the show at any, you know, at any time, you know how often I say feelings are very real, but they are not always true. And if that's the only thing you've ever learned from me, your life will be radically changed. That we're not to believe every feeling we have. Feelings are, are, are part of our psyche, they're endorphins, <laughs> they're, they're not necessarily linked to the current moment. So a, a negative feeling could be evoked simply from smelling something or seeing something. So it may not have anything to do with what you're actually doing in that moment or how you actually look in that moment or who you're with. So this is why it's so imperative that if we don't get a handle on these feelings, then those feelings reinforce the negative belief patterns and that becomes a habit. So low self-esteem kind of becomes the norm. Low self-esteem kind of becomes the fallback. It's like the reset. No matter how good I do, I always go back to feeling like I'm really not of any value or worse. No matter how much I accomplish. Because you see, you can't chase the feeling. So as you become an adult, you depend on others for a sense of importance. Now, this is just part of being human. So that in and of itself is not necessarily incorrect. What happens is how much power you give to those people. So negative feelings and thinking patterns become these powerful illusions of truth. So then what happens? Physical, emotional, psychological consequences start to influence your thinking and your mind then forms value judgments. So self-esteem is is both conscious and unconscious. It's an ongoing evaluation of yourself, a belief of what you can and cannot do. Self-esteem oftentimes for the most part is learned, but it doesn't happen overnight or by chance. So what really is self-esteem? Well, I like this uh, example of this definition from the California State Task Force on self-esteem and personal and social responsibility. And they say that appreciating my own worth and importance and having the character to be accountable for myself and to act responsibly toward others. That's self-esteem. That's where we get true self-esteem. Webster's defines it as a confidence and satisfaction in oneself. So self-esteem is kind of a state of mind. It's the way you feel. It's the way you think about yourself and others. And it's measured by the way you act. Now, if you've listened to this show, you know we've talked about performance-oriented behavior. That we think that all of our self-worth, self-esteem, will come from how well we perform. So we're going to talk a lot today about where true self-esteem comes. So self-esteem often is defined as an internal belief system and how you experience life externally. So high self-esteem is the most positive phrase in the English language. So it relates to having a positive sense of your inherent worth as a person. So self-esteem is made up of a lot of learned feelings, positive thoughts, You know, these types of things, it it really is about self-confidence, self-worth, self-respect. And it involves respecting others because people that have a healthy self-esteem automatically respect humans. They're not trying to vie for position, to either be a one-up and hate being in a one-down. So the key to elevated self-esteem... Is really the willingness to take responsibility for your feelings, your desires, your thoughts, your abilities, your interests, and to accept your overall strengths and act accordingly. It also means that we're forgiving and gracious and merciful with either things we don't have that we think we're supposed to have, or mistakes that we have made, or... The, the talents that maybe we are revering and hoping that that talent overcomes maybe my lack of integrity. So self, self-esteem affects everything you do. It reflects, quote-unquote, the you to everyone with whom you come into contact with. So each of us is born with the capacity for positive feelings. But it is possible to learn not to like yourself through practice and life experiences, Right? So feeling good about yourself really is not a luxury. It's an absolute necessity. So feeling good about yourself does not necessarily mean you feel good about everything you do. So let's talk about this idea of of what integrity actually is. Integrity versus character. So this is where we want to think about an upright character is an important ingredient in anyone's life. Character is the guard of your reputation and the necessity for success in any sphere of life. And without it, nations, businesses, churches, families, they crumble and fall into moral disarray. However, as important as character is, there's something that is even more important, and that is integrity. See, integrity helps support our character. Character is part of a, it's a quality that we're born with. Some people are born with more character than others. But even the person that is not born with a real strong character can have a ton of integrity and become an amazing person of character because they work on it, because they are, are upholding it, because they value it. So integrity occurs about 16 times in the Bible and without a doubt, one of the most important words in scriptures. And so what you want to think about is there are three men who God specifically talks about being men of uh, of integrity. And the first one was King Abimelech. The second man we find who God describes as having integrity is David. And the third is Job. Now remember, when we look at David, he didn't always necessarily act as if he had good morals. But his integrity and character in many ways was unshakable, just as Job's was. His integrity, Job's integrity, kept him from cursing God when he lost all his children, his possessions, and his health. And so God acknowledged Job's integrity when he had to contend with Satan, when his wife let him down. And this is what we want to remind ourselves, that integrity is a choice. Character is a virtue. So we can choose to be people that have high, high integrity, even if our character wants to lead us astray. It's the issue of choice that makes the difference, not necessarily what comes naturally. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me as we talk more about integrity And how integrity supports self esteem. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for listening today. And we are talking about the most effective way to secure self-esteem. And self-esteem, as we talked about in the very beginning, is really kind of the experience we have of ourselves. And it changes depending on some of your circumstances and choices. So self-esteem has a lot to do with value. How much do I value myself? How honest am I going to be with myself? How committed am I going to be with myself? And how truthful will I be with myself? So, when we looked at this idea of integrity and understanding that integrity is a choice, excuse me, character really is part of how we are created. And so, some of us, you know, we may not have as great a character. Maybe our DNA from, I don't know, generations back, you know, had some unscrupulous people. But we can choose to be a person of integrity, which supports. Our character. So when we look at these different people that have high integrity, here's what we understand. Three definitions of integrity are, are in the dictionary. And the first one is that it's a condition or a quality of being complete, undivided, unbroken, wholeness. Wholeness. The second says it's, unimpa- it's an unimpaired condition. Unimpaired. Well, think about the drunk driver that's an impaired driver. So when you have integrity, you are unimpaired. You can think clearly, act clearly, and have the confidence that you need in order to act with integrity. So the third is that it's a moral soundness or uprightness. And uprightness is a very common word for integrity in the Bible, and it's used oftentimes, like we see it in Proverbs ten uh ten nine, it says, He that walketh uprightly walketh surely. And it says in Proverbs ten twenty nine, <clears throat> the way of the Lord is strength to the upright. And twenty eight six says, Better is the poor that walketh in uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he may be rich. So I'm sure that you have noticed always, in all the media that we have in our nation, that many times the people that are the, the wealthiest, the ones that have the most opportunity, the ones that have a lot of social revere, are not necessarily very happy. And their integrity is oftentimes in question. So contractors and engineers, they refer to integrity of steel, What's the integrity of that steel? And will it hold up this building? Will that frame hold up the amount of levels or stories that we want to place on it? So will this house hold three levels? Will this skyscraper hold 80 levels? And that has to do with the integrity of the steel. So you want to think about my integrity is part of what holds me up. And helps me withstand storms. So those businesses, when they are building these high skyscrapers, they are focusing on the integrity of the steel as well as the flexibility of the steel. It has to be able to flex. And so this is an, an amazing concept when we think about integrity versus character. So what really is the difference? See, the English word character doesn't actually appear in the Bible, but the Greek word from which we derive our English word, it does. And so Hebrews 1 3 says, refers to the express image of Jesus Christ. So this is where we get character. It's a Greek, it's part of a Greek word, character. And this is where we get that word. So the difference between integrity and character is character is a matter of doing right over and over until it becomes a part of your life. It's a habit. So if I am, am a driver that drives with good character, then regardless of how the driver next to me is driving, I'm still going to do the right thing. So think about that, that character is a matter of doing something consistently. Consistently. So if we are doing some type of sin, bad behavior, something immoral, something illegal, something unethical, or or, uh, just flat-out unhealthy, if we do it over and over and over again, it becomes a part of our character. It's so automatic. So we teach children to get up in the morning, make their bed, get dressed, maybe read the Bible, do chores, sit there for breakfast, take their dishes to the sink, treat adults with respect, we teach them diligence, patience, you know, a good work ethic. And so when they learn all of that and do it without thinking about it, they're displaying character. See, character, someone said, is doing right by habit. It's simply doing the right thing automatically. See, and when when I teach these types of relationship skills with clients of mine, and I say to them, if you breathe in, you can't talk. So it's one of the greatest things to do so you don't, have to, you don't end up saying something that you need to take back. If you just simply take a breath and give yourself a moment to think, your character can help you say the right thing or refuse to say what you really want to say. So you get a chance to practice character. So in the midst of a fight, you can still have really good character. So this is what we want as a habitual thing. So integrity, many times, is the helper of character. If we practice the choice of integrity, we can increase our character. So this is where we want to think about integrity and character so integrity is more than character it's actually more important than character see it's similar to if if you were born with bad eyes and you ended up needing glasses or contacts that's like character you can see but you don't see well so integrity increases the ability of your uh, of of your character to work just like glasses help your eyes work better. So if you've ever been with someone that needs glasses and they refuse to put them on because they don't they're, they're I don't know vain or something how much does that affect the moment that you all are in especially if they're driving a car with no glasses on. So think about this integrity is actually more important than character because integrity Is character that truly comes from the heart. It character that is resolute. It is character that cannot be changed or polluted. That's what integrity does. It protects our character. So it helps us make better choices. This is why it's so imperative that you recognize the best way to have high self-esteem, to like yourself, to be okay with yourself, to be confident is to have great integrity that allows you to trust your character in the moment that you're in. So that you don't have to always go back and say, this shoulda, coulda, woulda. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Why did I do that? Now I have to go back and apologize. I hope they're going to not remember what I said or, do, or did. So this is why we want to really practice integrity as a way to elevate our character, strengthen our character, and protect our character, which causes us to have higher self-esteem. Join me again as we talk more about this issue of the most effective way to secure your self-esteem, integrity. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. And we are talking about self-esteem. And it is a little bit complicated, but what I want you to have as your takeaway from today is that self-esteem is actually you having integrity that causes your character to strengthen so that your character doesn't trip you up and cause you not to like yourself or cause you to regret who you are, or who someone saw you to be. So we train children to have good character. Now, the way that we train them to have good character is by infusing integrity. And so we might say something to a child like, I know you feel like you want to hit them, but what might that other person feel like? And how will you feel if you hurt that person? That's operating out of integrity. That's saying, hey, here's your choice even though maybe what comes natural to you is to lash out. So integrity is character, but it's actually more important than character, because it does truly come from the heart. See, integrity is a choice, and integrity is more likely to produce character than character is to produce integrity. So you can be someone that has great character originally, but because you don't support it, feed it, nurture it with integrity, the world wears it down. And you start to find yourself doing things and saying things you wouldn't necessarily have done in the past. And you start to wonder, why am I allowing myself to do these things? Why have I lowered my standards? Well, you stopped practicing integrity is the problem. So this is where we want to think about That a man, if a man has integrity and he sees a character deficiency or a character flaw in his own life, he will say, I need to deal with that. I can't let that character flaw stay in my life. Now, nobody's perfect. That's not what we're talking about. But think about when we're talking about steel that is sound. We're talking about the steel of resolve on the inside of a person's soul. The resolve to do that which is right. And sometimes it's very difficult because we can be really exhausted. We can be tired. We can feel, you know, worn out by doing the right thing and it doesn't seem to ever really matter anyways. We can feel like just this one time, why do I always have to act right? Why do I always have to be the perfect person? So-and-so doesn't have great character and doesn't practice integrity and their life seems to be successful. So the enemy of our soul wants to talk to us like that, wants to talk us out of it. So remember that integrity is the unwavering determination in the heart to do what's right no matter what. When I'm afraid, I must do right. When I'm not afraid, I need to do what's right. When my emotions are leading me in the wrong way, I need to do what's right. I need to practice having integrity. I need to do the thing that might not be natural for me to do. I need to do the thing that might be difficult for me to do, that might not seem right, that I'm the only one trying to do the right thing, right? I'm sure you've been in situations like that when when you're wanting to say, how come I'm the only one that's calling this out? That's saying this isn't right. But this is imperative for you to enjoy being with you. See, self-esteem, if you go back to those 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 different definitions that we had, we talked about that self-esteem is appreciating your own worth and importance and having the character to be accountable for yourself and to act responsibly toward others. It's also a confidence and satisfaction in oneself. And what I can tell you is that it's being at peace with yourself, not because you're perfect, but because you're trustworthy. See, trustworthy people don't always act perfectly perfectly. But trustworthy people, even if they make a mistake, what makes them trustworthy is that they'll fix it and they'll own it. They won't talk themselves out of it and they won't give excuses. They won't blame another person. That's a person of integrity. That helps them to have a very strong self-esteem because they can depend on themselves even if they make mistakes. So let me ask you this key question as we go to this last break. What would you do if you knew that nobody would ever find out and you knew you would never be caught? What would you do? So which is stronger in your heart right now, greed or integrity? Would you steal if no one knew about it? What's stronger in your heart, lust or integrity? If nobody knew what you were doing, would you still practice integrity that's what we really want to think about that is the thing that will save our lives join me in the last segment as we talk more about self-esteem and the way to effectively secure it Well, good afternoon and welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and your favorite podcast servers for the latest shows. Thank you for sending them to your friends as well and for all of your just showing up on social media. So I appreciate that. And I am getting ready to put out a new book. So I'm excited to tell you about that. So I'll keep you all posted on that. It is pretty exciting. So we are talking about this idea of self-esteem. How do I feel about me? Do I feel comfortable in my own skin? Because I'm with myself all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every year of my life. And then I go to heaven and I'm still going to be me some people are going i guess to hell and they'll still be them there so it's imperative that we recognize what helps me be able to live with myself and live with myself well so that i bring peace wherever i go and i'm a safe person where i go and i actually enjoy myself at the same time so integrity this says i can't do this because I can't live with myself if I do. That's integrity. Integrity says, I don't care if nobody knows. If nobody if, if I do it, I still won't be okay with myself, and I have to live with myself. So even if nobody knew, I'm not going to do it. Remember the story of Joseph. So he's sold into slavery by his brothers. He finds himself in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him, and what did Joseph say? How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? See, Joseph wasn't primarily worried about Potiphar finding out. You see, you have to understand, he probably could have had an ongoing sexual affair with Potiphar's wife for years and not be found out. So people who are oftentimes unfaithful to their mates are usually only worried that their mate or another person might find out. So they're not as likely to maintain integrity if they really took time to recognize that God will find out. God always knows and he's always watching. And no matter how far you go, the east, the west, the north, the south, God is always there. There is nowhere you can go to hide from him. And so this is why it's important to say, So if I would feel embarrassed if somebody else knew, or if God, knowing God knew, why am I not embarrassed then? And if I would be embarrassed for doing it, why would I even consider doing it? Why would I do that to myself? Why would I cheat on myself? So Joseph, see, he wasn't worried about Potiphar. He was worried about having to live with himself. And that's the key. A primary part of my job on a daily basis, hour after hour after hour, is helping people really be comfortable with themselves, be proud of themselves, have great care and concern for themselves because then they are safe people for other people and their lives go better. So this is why we want to really think about this idea integrity. Now, let's think about sports for a minute. Now, I've read about a lot of professional athletes, you know, and they generally sign a contract for about three years. If they have a really good year, they probably want to renegotiate after the good year. But what are they willing to do to renegotiate for a lower salary if they had a bad year? This is what you want to be considering. What are you willing to then accept if you have not won the battle of self. How much more will you accept of things that you would not have otherwise accepted if you felt good about yourself? So when we do, when we really look at this whole idea of integrity, how about integrity being your guide and your guard? See Proverbs eleven three. It says, "The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness." Of transgressors shall destroy them. If you have integrity, it's going to serve as a guide and it will help you find your way out of very uncomfortable, possibly morally dangerous situations. So let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. So it was the integrity of of King Abimelech's heart that protected him. So when we're helping children develop not only character, but also true heart-based integrity, it's one of the greatest responsibilities we have as parents. This is one of God's main focus, is that he helps us with this idea of character and integrity. He knows that humans are fallen by nature. But the choice to live with integrity is the thing that elevates us out of our fallen state, So let's look at 13 characteristics. We're we're probably not going to get to all 13. But let's look at some people that really have true integrity. So what's one of the hallmarks of a person that has true integrity? Well, number one, they value other people's time. So they value their own time. So they also value the time of other people. I mean, you know, you've had plenty of other places you need to be and won't hold you up. That's what they don't. They don't hold you up. They really Really respect your time. And if you spend time with them, they're likely to thank you for spending time with them. They also give credit where credit is due. They don't steal credit. That's a lot of time with bosses and employees, with parents and kids, with brothers and sisters, with friends. How many times have you done something that was really remarkable and another person took credit for it? So people with integrity aren't so fragile in their ego that they can't give credit where credit is due, even if it makes them look less than. They're also authentic. They really work on being authentic, their truest form of themselves. They don't try to lie by being fake. They don't try to amplify their abilities or their exploits or whatever it may be. They really are authentic, and they operate out of authenticity. How about this one? This is a tough one. They're always honest. See, and that, that one's a difficult one, especially for people that are, I don't know, more sensitive or, or have had difficult childhoods because they don't want anyone to not like them or uh, be angry with them. But it also affects people that have great success. Sometimes lying is just easier right? So if I have integrity, I have to have a promise to myself to not lie. See, God is a God that cannot lie. And we are made in his image. And so he doesn't want us to lie. He says you, who you are, whether you're doing something right or wrong, whether you're successful or unsuccessful, you are still of great value. You don't have to lie about yourself, until so they're honest. They also don't take advantage of people. They love to build people up and help them get where they need to be. Taking too much from someone else will never be an issue with someone who has a lot of integrity. They don't take advantage of people and exploit them. And they don't argue over disagreements. See, people that have integrity will major in the majors and not in the minors. They can overlook all kinds of things and do a reset and be okay and not hold a grudge for 24 hours or for two weeks because they don't like how you handled a situation two weeks ago and you're still paying for it. So they don't argue over these things because they have to somehow be right. They also, in that, give people the benefit of the doubt. So they try to see the good in everyone. And I think this is probably because they feel like maybe there are more people in the world that also have integrity. And they also want to really believe the best of other people. And they want to just assume that people are good until it's irrefutable that the person is bad. So if you take advantage of them too much, what will they do? They'll just get rid of you. Now, they don't do it in a negative manner. They just probably aren't as available to you. They're not as open to you. They might not take your phone calls as often. They'll prob- they will always be polite. But whatever relationship you are attempting to build in terms of friendship, closeness, camaraderie, that probably will be removed. How about this? They know when something's bothering someone because they're not always focusing on themselves. They have good intuition. And they actually want to help that person feel better, if they can. And so they believe in others. They accept your word as truth until it's disproven. Now, that being said, they they don't take lying well, because they don't lie. They want to be brave enough to live in the truth. And so they oftentimes will apologize first. If they've done something wrong, they're going to come to you and apologize. That's just how they are. They own up to their mistake and they try to make things right. They don't make excuses for it. They don't tell you all the reasons behind why they made the mistake, why they overstepped the boundary, whatever it may be. And they are very humble people. Now, humble, we've done shows on humble before. That has nothing to do with humiliation. See, you have to understand that people that refuse to be humble oftentimes are humiliated by themselves. They do things that humiliate themselves. So, being a humble person operating with humility says, I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses, I don't have to brag or apologize for either one because I'm managing them. I'm just being who God made me to be. I'm not competing with anyone. If I am, I'm competing only with myself. I just want to be a better version of myself. And they do good when they can. They like to help people. They like to make a person's day better. So they're the ones that want to let you in if you're trying to get in with the traffic. They're the ones that at the grocery store let you in in front of them. If you drop something, they try to help pick it up. They're the ones at work that say, hey, I'm going out. Do you want me to pick up something for you for lunch? I know you can't probably leave. They help. They like to help carry burdens. So they're always kind as well. And I love the verse, and, and you've heard me use this verse very often. In Luke chapter 5, verse 35, it says, God is kind, you be kind. So this is, this is a quality of God, is that he is kind, So if you're someone who has true integrity and you're hearing this show, I just want to thank you for doing that because we need people like this in our society. It does make a difference and we want to keep up the good work. So if you feel like no one else sees it, no one else is proud of you, I really want you to know that I am and God sees it all. Nothing. God doesn't miss anything. So God bless you as you are being the best version of you. And all of these things we talked about today, I don't want you to be burdened or overwhelmed by them. I want you to think about this is what God is offering us. That for us to be the best version of ourself and to feel really good in our own skin and to actually enjoy being with ourselves is going to improve our quality of life to such a great degree and will help us be a better ambassador for God. That when we say, hey, I know God, I know the one true God, people will think, you know, I kind of like her. Maybe I want to know that person too. Maybe I want to know the God that she's talking about. So this is one of the things that helps us, as we are here on earth, and we don't know how long we're going to be here, tolerate how difficult this world can be. And that more than anything, I just always am wanting to commit to God I just don't want to be the ones that makes it harder on somebody than it already is. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much again for joining me today. And you are of great value. So act like it.
0: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show now be your own best version